Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints have their final practice today before heading to Carolina Saturday. Both teams head into this game coming off of a loss and looking for their rhythm on offense. In some good news for the Saints, running back Alvin Kamara has been practicing this week, as has cornerback Paulson Adebo. Adebo has yet to play this year with a high ankle sprain, but said he's feeling better and went through almost a full practice Thursday. Quarterback Jameis Winston did more work Thursday than we saw in open practice on Wednesday. Head coach Dennis Allen said the team is shaping up to be pretty healthy heading into Sunday's game. That game Sunday is on Fox at noon. To break down the matchup with the Panthers, I brought in two great guests. Louisiana's own Jake DeLome, who is a radio analyst with the Panthers, and Fox's analyst who's on the call for the game Sunday, Matt Millen. Millen played 12 years in the NFL for the Oakland and Los Angeles Raiders, San Francisco 49ers, and Washington Redskins. He played on four Super Bowl winning teams and won a Super Bowl ring for each of the three franchises. We'll kick things off with Jake. Jake, thanks so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Good to have you, obviously, from Louisiana, former Saint yourself, to tee up the Panthers game this weekend. How are you? I am doing great. I am looking forward to this game this weekend. Um, you know, from my end of it, I do the radio for the Carolina Panthers. So it's been a rough two weeks. I will say that two games that uh, one went down to a 58 yard field goal and then another one, a 55 yard field goal. So uh, this team is there. And uh, in my opinion, this will be the toughest task yet because the Saints are the best roster that the Panthers have played yet. What is going to make it so challenging for the Panthers? Well, I think the biggest thing offensively for the Panthers right now, it's still a work in progress. Baker showed up, you know, uh, first or second week of July. No OTAs or anything of that nature. Goes to training camp, splitting reps with Sam Darno, and then he is announced the starter. And listen, that's great and all, but to get those quality reps all off season and to truly dive in and learn the offense – that's something that it takes a little time and you can just kind of feel us and see us the way we play right now. It's not in sync yet. There's some things there that are happening and um, it, it, it's going to take a little time. Um, I don't think the saints offer that time to be quite honest because the saints, you know, we played Cleveland. I thought they had two really good defensive ends and their secondary was pretty solid. You play the giants who played a lot of, dime personnel, a lot of mm -hmm. different players, but uh, and their interior defensive line was solid. You're playing the Saints. I think they're solid in the front, in the middle, and on the back. Uh, it's just that's a solid football team. Not sure yet about Paulson Adebo, if he's going to go or not, but still, they, they've got all pro players on all three levels. Uh, they really and truly do, and that's not just trying to make them sound better than what they are. It's because it's what they are. Um, and then receiver-wise, we haven't faced a receiving core as talented as the Saints so far. Cleveland just had a really and truly Amari a Cooper uh, last year, week in New York. They're really kind of battling through guys, but you're lining up Michael Thomas. You're mm -hmm. lining up Jarvis Landry. You're Chris Olave. my goodness. He is so smooth just watching, watching him play. Not sure about Kamara yet, if he's going to be uh, there. So 
deep, deep challenge uh, for the Panthers. But, um, you know, they, they don't get easier. It's the NFL. They don't get easier. You mentioned some struggles for the Panthers. It sounds kind of similar to what the Saints have been going through offensively, just trying to find their rhythm still because they haven't all played together through preseason as well with the various injuries there. For the passing game, when do you think the Panthers are going to be able to click? Well, hopefully this weekend. I, <laughs> yeah, really and truly, that's what you hope for. Um, you know, we had some some crucial drops last weekend. Shy Smith, young kid who uh, was the talk of camp, made play after play, and um, had a couple of decent plays in the first week. And there was a couple of drops that he had that were at critical times uh, in the Giants football game. So maybe we see Higgins, who has a kind of you know, he has a deep history with Baker from their time in Cleveland. Terrace Marshall is a super talented individual out of LSU um, that, you know, injuries kind of derailed him last year, still in camp this year, same thing. But so I would have a feeling we're going to start to see some of those guys getting more opportunities. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, we, we've got to make sure we're crisp on offense. Everybody's on the same page and things of that nature. And it, and, Christian McCaffrey is the key to this offense in my mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, he's great football player, very much like Alvin Kamara. Um, and he had a good day rushing the ball last week. Uh, I'd love to see him a, a little more involved in the passing game. I think he's so dynamic there. And Matt Rule alluded to that in one of his pressers this week of, hey, take the check down. And um, and I think we'll come to that. You know, Baker's he's been great from everybody that any dealings I've had with him, everybody else in the organization has just come in and it's been a nose, nose down. He went to work. And so as a quarterback, you just want to get a win any way possible. You just want to get a win. And that kind of really wins over the team. And I think he's won them over, but to get a win against a big division opponent at home, um, that would really do wonders for Baker. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's what quarterback Jameis Winston said here the other day what is it going to take to get the offense going? And he said, a win, you know, a win is going to get everybody feeling good again. And it sounds simple, but it, there's a lot more to it. You you're talking about Christian McCaffrey at the last two games, he's been held under 30 receiving yards. That's the first time that that's ever happened for him, which makes me nervous thinking that going into Sunday, it's going to start to click and he's going to start finding a lot more yards through the air. Is it something that you'd like to see more balance from? He did have over 100 yards, scrimmage yards, in the last game. He did. Now, the one thing I will say, offensively, the Panthers have not possessed the football a great deal. Um, uh, the time of possession has really been in the favor of the, our opponents the first two games. And we did a better job in time of possession last week against the Giants. But uh, fumble opening kickoff. Mm -hmm. and fumble on offense their second series you're you're doing a disservice uh to your football team so there's so many less opportunities i guess you could say to let baker get comfortable in, in the system and and get christian the football but you know he is a um he him and i watching alva kamara and watching christian they're they're so similar because mm -hmm. they impact the game in so many different ways. Kamara is brilliant out of the backfield. Christian is brilliant. Both of them can run in between the tackles, outside the tackles, and contact balance. They keep their balance. They just they make things flow. So, uh, getting him more involved in the pass, getting him more involved in any asset mm -hmm. in any facet of the game is is always a positive thing for the Panthers. Talking about the defense now, rush defense improved immensely from week one to week two 
Same can be said here as well. Lots of similarities between these two teams going into this game, but you were able, or the Panthers were able to really limit Saquon Barkley last week. How do you think their improvement is going to carry over into this game? Well, it's going to need to. And and like you said, not sure exactly what approach the Saints are going to take offensively um, Mm. and and running back wise. I think that's the biggest thing. We just don't know yet. Um, You have to be prepared for the taste of factor. Uh, What's his availability going to be? And then the package that he brings. But, you know, is Alvin back? How much are you going to play Mark? And uh, Dwayne Washington really looked good last week. I mean, like like a thumper. He looked good. So Tony uh, Jones, the same thing. So what's we're going to have to kind of stop the run. And, And you would assume that that would be the Panthers mentality. Stop the run, make Jameis, try to get some turnovers. I mean, that's going to the formula that a lot of teams you hear try to say. And um, I've seen Jameis have turnover games against the Panthers and I've watched him play very well against the Panthers and not have turnover games. So that's something that, and I know he's battling through um, a little injury right now, uh, which he doesn't want to talk about. If you listen to Andy presser, he is doing a great job of just kind of not discussing it. So, you know, try to control the running game and uh, in the passing game, get a hand on the ball, tip balls, get things of that nature. Try to disguise him with looks. And 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 you would assume he can't be the most mobile right now if he's having these issues. So I'm anxious to see if Coach Snow, because there's two different formulas we've played both games. I'm anxious to see if he comes up with something uh, a little different this week to kind of catch them off balance, so to speak. So what are the formulas that you've seen so far? For the Panthers? Mm-hmm. Well, so the first week we, we were a lot more um, four down line. We played a lot more three down line last week, kind of ch- changed that up a little bit. And we really did a good job of everybody, for the most part, being in their gaps, stopping Saquon, didn't let him bounce out and things like that. Nick Chubb ran through a lot of tackles. And that was a big thing um, going into week two. Now, uh, could that be from week one and not playing much? I think that was the factor in that Atlanta game, um, watching them against the Saints. I thought Atlanta played their guys a great deal in the preseason, and they came out ready to play. Mm-hmm. And it took the Saints a while to get going. And then once they got going and once the receivers got going in the second half, I think the talent took over and the Saints got a win. Last week's game, that's just a that's a fist fight. I mean, the Saints and, and the I mean, in Tampa is a fist fight. Uh, and that's what that game was. And no pun intended with the pushing mm. going on, but I mean, it's a brutal physical game and that's kind of what this, the, some of these division games are like, and that's what it's probably going to be this week, you know, cause that's a huge, I don't want to say emotional letdown cause it's only week two, but Tom Brady, the Tampa, all that Jameis played at Tampa. We get it. How do they respond? How do the Panthers respond from two tough losses week one and week two and at home because the Panthers haven't had a win since last November. So they're searching for that next win. And, you know, and my hope is that with the Panthers is that a team that they've got nothing to lose. So that they, they're in the corner and they've got to come out with any and everything possible. Right now, you're, you're mentioning kind of what they're playing for, the fact that they haven't had a, a home win there for a while. There's obviously been a lot of talk out there about head coach Matt Rule. How would you assess that situation, how it's affecting the team, the fan base, just the climate around you know, the franchise right well, now? I don't think it's affecting the team. I really and truly don't believe that. Uh, I think fan base, you're going to get chatter no matter what. Um, John Fox, the, the, our coach in Carolina when I was there, mm-hmm. he had a great saying, and it was so true. We're two weeks away from the outhouse to the penthouse. I mean, that's the way the NFL is. 
But, you know, Matt has been, and listening to him, it just singular focused on just trying to help this team get a win. And really and truly, uh, the players, everything that I gather, everything I hear, everything I see, they believe in it. I mean, they really, they really do. But it comes to a point in time where the players are going to have to make a play when a, t- when a play is needed. It, it really, really and truly, that's what it comes down to. Coaches are great, there's no doubt. But players ultimately, they decide what happens in between the white lines. And that's that's how you get a win. I mean, you just you gotta make the plays. You go to the Dolphins last week, down so much against the Ravens, and they just kept making play after play, and nobody stopped them from Baltimore. Well, that's that's every game. Who's gonna make that play? And so that's the thing that you're 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 waiting for that guy in Carolina to make that play. And then you never know what one win could turn into. Jordan Gross, who uh, will do some broadcasts with mm-hmm. us also, and we do a podcast. He talked about um, on our podcast this week, his greatest win against the Saints was um, his last year playing. And it was in Carolina, rainy game. And they stopped Drew. And Drew had, they had, Saints had to punt the ball back. And they were backed up and they went down the field. They were one and three at the time. They went down the field and just made play after play in the rain, threw a touchdown pass. And you just talk about those moments. When is it going to break through? Who's going to break through in those moments? And that can that can be just such a, such a big boost for a football team. Momentum seems to go the way of the team that can force the most turnovers. And right. the Saints had plenty in their last time out. However, the Panthers, you mentioned, have not had any interceptions yet. How much emphasis needs to be put on that area? I think there's a ton. Uh, that was a big emphasis in training camp, uh, coming out of training camp, about um, creating turnovers, causing turnovers, helping our offense. You want to get short fields, and we're we're over the first two games. Now, Jacoby Brissett, I thought, did a very good job of not putting the ball in harm's way. They rushed for over 200 yards, so it's a little easier, I guess you could say, to not turn it over in that that aspect. We had an opportunity for a big interception before the half against Daniel Jones and Frankie Louvu, who played great. I think he had 10 tackles last week, solos, and really flashed. He had an opportunity to make a play, and he said it after the game. Like, I, I, he said, I'm reliving this play. I had a chance to make a pick before half, and we're right in scoring position already. So you just got to make the play when the plays are there. Um, you know, Jameis, I understand the three picks last week and um, and listening to his presser earlier this week, he said, hey, one of them, I took a shot. Two of them, I shouldn't have made the throw. And so that's the thing. It Does he attempt to try to make a throw, one or two throws this weekend where we can capitalize on it? Um, I know the Panthers hope so, so. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. You mentioned Luvu, obviously Jeremy Chin. There's a lot of players on that defense. Brian Burns is always a name that comes up. Any players that we should be looking out for in this matchup? Well, Brian Burns is one that I just think, um, I, I think he's a budding superstar. I really, truly believe that. And he flashes all the time. J.C. Horn, I think that's a big game for him. We're not sure about Dante Jackson. They could go up to game time with him. Uh, he had a little hamstring, I think, um, last week during the game. And we're not sure yet his availability. So who will J.C. match up with? Will he match up with somebody? Because this is some... I'm a huge fan of the Saints wide receiving core. I, I know what Jarvis is. been watching him since high school, <laughs> not right. only college, since high school. But uh, Alave, so smooth, explosive, out of breaks. And then Michael Thomas, that big physical presence who we, we've seen him dominate in the NFL. So that's one. Uh, one that Derek Brown, top 10 pick, 
three years ago. He made some plays last week. He started to show up. And a lot of that won't be in the stat, stat line, but just the big body inside. Can he perform well inside to help cause some other problems? Because he will get double teamed sometimes. Matt Ioannidis will become free. Matt played really well last mm-hmm. week. Kim Burns and Luvu showed up at the quarterback a lot. So um, there's some there's some guys. Um, Jeremy Chin, I think, um, has been pretty quiet so far this year. That can change instantly with Chin. So, um, you know, I think we're all everyone for the for the Panthers that's on the team, coaching staff, someone like myself who's a I guess not support staff. I'm I'm a radio guy. Everybody's kind of just waiting. Chin usually has those games where he just pops. Um, could it be this week? Um, I know it, uh, it's it's going to have to be all hands on deck. Yeah, Ioannidis getting his first sack as a Carolina Panther last week. So that bodes well for your team. You've mentioned, you know, LSU, Louisiana following those players. Take me back to when you decided to pick your your number 17. Why did you pick number 17? All right. So when I I was number 12 with the Saints, I was in New Orleans for six years. Uh I was number nine, my first three. People don't understand. I warmed up Drew Brees' number. All I did was just (laughs) get it ready for him. So when you're a rookie, you don't say anything. They gave me number nine, so I don't say anything. So three years in, Chief or Dan Simmons, uh, the equipment manager at the time, I was like, Chief, might want to change my number. I said, I'm a double-digit guy. So I wore 12. That's what I wore in college. Um, Get to Carolina. Another quarterback had 12, and I wasn't in any position to kind of demand. I mean, I was the guy going to compete for a job. So I said, you know what? I like 16. I wore that in NFL Europe. Chris Winkie had 16. And I didn't I didn't like single digits. And so uh, I remember just telling my wife or something, I said, I need to pick a number. And uh, our daughter was just born on the 17th of December, a few months prior. And I said, you know what? We're going to go at number 17. And uh, – Number 17, that's the way it went. So it was uh, very critical thinking on my part. Yeah, I mean, that's what it takes. All you need sometime. It was a lucky number for you as you played it worked out. successful it worked years out. there with the Carolina Panthers. You still live in Louisiana, though. Call this your home. What are you up to outside of football? So I am a third-generation racehorse, third-red racehorse owner and breeder. That's my love. That's my passion. Um, don't get me wrong. Football was. I just – I don't – play it anymore but uh you know that's what I do I don't hunt I don't fish I don't golf mm-hmm. um I go, I go to the barn every day that's what I love um that's my that's my competitive void I guess you can say that helps fill that and uh it's a every day and it's constant work and I just love everything about it um and then football season I mean I'm, I, I look forward to football season um Panthers are near and dear to my heart the organization has been great to me and uh, fly out and do the majority of the games. I did 13 out of 17 last year, and I'll do the same amount this year. Uh, Jordan Gross, who I mentioned earlier, was the longtime left tackle who retired. Uh, um, he does about four games a year. So uh, we kind of split it up, but it's just I can't get enough of it. You know, the football part of it, just it's so great. It's uh, this week just speaking with Mickey Loomis on his radio show for a bit. I talked to Greg Benzel earlier. I just, and especially a week like this, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to running into some of these guys and some of the support staff that was in New Orleans 
many years ago because I was there, gosh, it's been since 2002, so it's 20 years. Um, but that's what you look forward to, the the big games, the divisional games and call these games. So I have the best of both worlds. I have the race horses that I, that I love and then the, the passion of football that I, that I truly love. And I get to go back and call those games. So it's a lot of fun. I can tell you're so passionate about the game. Clearly, you watched all of the pressers this week as you're reciting what was said. Give me a key for each side. Something that they do huh. will get that get well, for them. It's very simple. The, the, the let's go Panthers. Like offensively, the biggest thing is that we need third down production, and you get third down production by staying ahead of the sticks, and that's something we haven't done. You know. Um, Turnovers, that's that's so easy to say, but we, we have to stay ahead of the sticks and be a little more precise in the passing game. Special teams-wise, um, I don't think the Saints get enough credit for how good their special teams are, but for the Panthers, um, we lost our kick and punt returner week one, Andre Roberts, pro multiple-time pro bowler. So Shai uh, Smith returned punts, Chuba Hubbard on kickoffs. We fumbled the opening right. kickoff last week. So that's a different. We lost our kicker in the last preseason game. Zane Gonzalez, Eddie Pinheiro has come in and done a fine job. I know the Saints are extremely happy to have Will Lutz back, mm-hmm. obviously. So that's a you know special teams. We have to make sure we 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 limit the exposure. Meaning we have to just no turnovers, just kind of make that a wash. And then defensively, we've got to get a turnover. The Panthers have to get one. They haven't had one yet, and. Um, Jameis that last week, he turned the ball over a couple of, a few times. So that's going to be something that will be it a pick, be it a, a punch, get the ball out. That's going to be the big thing. And to me, how do we cover their receivers? We haven't seen a group like this yet. So I'm anxious to see what Pete Carmichael does. If they're going to drop back and take the big shots with Jameis, or are they going to try to just think and dunk and, and use those big bodied receivers and, and things like that. So that's going to be the chess match. See what happens there. Um, but that's kind of how I look at it. All right. That was about seven keys. So I'll let you off the hook for the rest of the podcast. You know, that was great. (laughs) I I have too many, you know, like I make my notes and I just like, well, this happens and this happens and I can go the easy way. Oh, no turnovers. Oh, get a turnover. I mean, that's always easy, but yeah, there's just so many, you know, I just, that definitely is, but it's, it comes down to players. The players have to make the plays when it's time to be done. And you watch the first game against Atlanta, watching the Falcons, who makes the play? Jameis makes the throw, Jarvis makes the catch, and boom, they're there. And the next thing you know, two back, I mean, two back shoulder throws for touchdowns, Jarvis mm-hmm. makes the catch on the sideline, we, uh, Lutz bangs the kick. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And then the Saints block the kick. Yeah, I, I understand it was a long field goal, but – the Panthers 58 yarder lost week one, you know, the, the Saints blocked the kick. So that's what it comes down to players making plays. The end result, the simplicity of it is just make the play that you're supposed to make do your job. Right. Is that they always say that's exactly <laughs> right. As, as, as people hate the do your job, yeah. probably because it came from new England. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's true. They just do your job. Don't worry about somebody else's. Everybody does their job. And if it's not good enough, tip your hat to the defense or offense, whatever it may be. But if you do your job, you give yourself a chance. Yeah. I appreciate the time. It was great catching up with you as we do every time before this matchup. Hopefully, I mean, I want to say good luck, but then I don't. So just hopefully it's a good You game. don't mean it. But this exactly, exactly I mean, like, right? But, but why? Yeah, like why? <laughs> it's very simple. Good luck. And I always tell somebody you're lying. You yeah. don't mean that. 
You know, like when they sh- we shake hands at captains for right? good luck. We don't mean it. I yeah. don't mean it at right. all. You know, I want you. To, I want you to play terrible. I mean, that's what should I say? Hey, play awful. Right. I mean, not good luck. Play awful. So yeah, but let's see what happens. Great. It's just division games. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's just a it's a professional hatred, and I mean that in the most sincere terms. As crazy as as that sounds. It is, and I think that's understandable. But I again, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate the time and look forward to the game on sa- on Sunday. Absolutely. Ta- take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate Jake. He's always a fun interview. Now here's Fox analyst, Matt Millen. Matt, how are you doing today? I really appreciate you joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Well, not a problem. All set. Looking forward to looking forward to that game down there. It should be interesting. It has been an interesting two weeks, that's for sure. It was an interesting offseason for the Saints as they got a new head coach and acquired a lot of new players as well. Seems like things are still trying to gel, trying to develop some chemistry, especially on the offensive side. What have you seen from the team through the first two weeks? Well, it's pretty much the same across the league. There's There's a few teams that have shown that they've consistently been able to do some things. But generally, I mean, in the old days when we were training camp and you had eight weeks of training camp, you hit the ground running. You don't do that anymore. They don't even – nobody plays anymore in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So the hard part right now for teams is to uh, is to get everybody on the same page. And that usually takes about a month of the season. And so – and the Saints are, are – and there are you know, a lot of changes there. You, you mentioned it with the – with the change of the head coach and, and regardless if you know the guy or not, or it's a still a new guy running the things, maybe a little bit different than what Sean did. And um, regardless, Sean's not there. You do have a new, another guy. You may have the same people, but it's still a whole nother season. Usually it takes a while, you know, for the offensive line and then the receivers and the, and the quarterback to get on the same page you know, it takes a little bit, not as much as it used to, but it, it takes a little while. How much can you take from the first two weeks then? Well, there's a lot of good things that have gone on in the first two weeks as well, you know. And so I start, you start looking at, you know what Thomas is, you know what uh, Alavi could, Alavi's a good player. I mean, mm-hmm. he, this past week, now he had a couple steps on people and Jameis under threw him a couple times, but, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, those guys, they're legit. So I like the offensive line. We get Kamara back in the lineup. You're, you know, that's a good team. And so they're going to, they're going to win a lot of games. Defensively, I thought they played pretty darn good. You know, I, I just, uh, I've always liked Cam Jordan. I mean, I've liked him since the time he got there and he's still playing well, but Davenport's playing really good. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that's a good football player. And maybe the kid that I think is maybe playing the best is uh, uh, Pete Warner. That's 20, right? Yep. Ohio State kid. Yeah. That kid's, that kid's a, he's a good player. Good instincts. So, look, all's not you, – you like to win them all. You don't. It's a long season. The biggest piece, uh, the biggest part that you have to do is get everybody on the same page. And so it just t- it takes a little time. You mentioned the issue with preseason. There's one last game. We had a lot of players that were in and out because of different injuries. Jameis Winston missed a couple weeks. 
is it going to take a little bit longer because of that for them just to develop that rhythm? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it takes time anyway. I mean, yeah. so how should I put this? It's not like, it's not like you're just playing and you go, you call the play in the, uh, in the huddle and you break the huddle and you got everything down because, you know, we've run it a hundred times. It's not the way it works. So the way it works is uh, you, first of all, you're looking, you got to see the same thing. It's all about eyes, right? So the quarterback's looking out and he's seeing the coverage. Now the receivers, he's seeing the coverage. That's step one. Step two is who is in that coverage, right? So now if they're, they're bringing up nice tight man coverage, who's the man? How do we want to beat him? What did we talk about in the game, uh, in the week, all week? Um, you know, when I run this route, I'm running a little different this time because this guy does this as opposed to last week where he stayed off. And so there's a million little pieces. You got to be on the same page. You got to see the same thing and you have to be able to, to be able to communicate things And the communication. It's not like you're going, uh, you know, you're, you're going, Hey, Alavi, on this one, cut it down a little bit. You can't <laughs> do that. And so, you know, on the field, it might be something like a nod or it might be, you know, you might have something like you're going like this or or different things. I mean, you have all kinds of little signals that you that takes time and you got to be on the same page when that happens. That usually happens. Usually now within a, a month, I used to say half the season hmm. um, when you really start to run because usually it takes a month to get on the same page. And half the season before you become the kind of team that you're going to become. Unfortunately, sometimes you get so far behind, you can't catch up. But I don't think that'll be the case with the Saints. Just one and one right now, two games behind us. And then we head to the Carolina Panthers and then going overseas to play the Vikings in London. I think that it's pretty important to get a win here before you make that kind of a long road trip. What do you think needs to happen in that game against Carolina? Well, look, it's always – you always want to win, obviously. That's the main thing. If you don't win, you don't have a chance. Um, but here's the good news. The good news is from week one to week two, there was a lot of things that, that went well. And so I think defensively, I think you're in a good spot. Your offensive line is playing pretty solid. You guys are staying healthy. You'll get some people back. Mm-hmm. Um Jameis, Jameis going to get on the same couple of those routes. It didn't look like they were on the same page. I know that the last pick it looked like he was throwing a corner and, and it looked like, and it looked like the underneath guy uh, broke it out. So that looked like they weren't on the same page. So that's the biggest thing. I, I don't, I don't see it as being, it's not like it's a must win. You know what I mean? But you want to win all of them. So I think if they just stay where they're at right now and just continue moving what they're doing, they'll be fine. What kind of challenges do, do the Panthers present? Well, defensively, they're pretty good. They can they can rush the passer pretty well. Uh, Burns kid's not a bad player. He's on the outside. Offensively, they turned the ball over a lot, especially mm-hmm. last week against the Giants, and I watched that game. And and uh, they had a chance, even with the turnovers, they had a chance to, to get back in the game at the end, and they – and it didn't happen. So it's they got some players who can make some plays. You know, Baker Mayfield's not on the same page yet uh, with his guys. It's kind of similar. They'll, they they they're capable of of putting some points up. It, 
But I think I think the Saint defense is uh, I think the Saint defense should be up to the challenge in this one. You mentioned Mayfield needing to get some just getting used to being in a new situation, new team. He's been sacked six times through the first two weeks. But the Saints, they only have one sack on the defensive side, which is not normal for them. Do you think this is a game where maybe the front is going to break out a little bit? Yeah, and it's funny because um, sacks come in bunches. They always have. It's the weirdest thing. Like you'll have one or two and you're trying really hard and you, you know, and then you play against the, the team that you think this is going to be tough and you have six of them. <laughs> and you're like, where did that come from? It's kind of weird. But the most important thing in pass rushing is just to be relentless. You have to be relentless. You never know when it happens. You never know when that, you know, somebody takes a wrong step or somebody, you know, in, in the pass rush as you're doing it, there's a lot of small mistakes and you just have to capitalize on it. It just, it happens just like this, but you have to just keep on going. So being relentless is the biggest key. And I, I, I think they're fine with that. The pass rush hasn't been bad, especially last game. They were definitely putting a lot of pressure on Brady to get the ball out of the pocket quickly. And he was, I mean, he was doing it. Oh, he, no, he that. was, he threw a ton of underneath stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the ball came out fast and probably like two and a half seconds or something like that. It's, it's hard unless, unless you come free, like right up the middle, it's pretty tough. And if, and he's going to see that anyway, a guy like Brady has seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. So, no, it's not it's not easy to get sacks in this league, but it's just weird that when they happen, they they happen in bunches. Well, hopefully we'll get a couple then on Sunday. A couple of players are pretty familiar with each other on either side of this game with Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield playing together with the Browns for you know, 2018 to 2021, three, four years there. So how does that help, if at all, to have familiarity with the opposing team, especially if somebody that was the quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, here's, a, it's kind of weird because Baker's still developing. Mm -hmm. And so Baker should be a better player now than he was when he was with, when he was Landry in, in Cleveland and it's a different system. And so the verbiage will change a little bit, but what he will know, and it's really hard to pass anything on in a short week. Um, but what he would know would be, you know, a little bit, maybe a couple tells that Baker has, if sure. he even studied Baker, most of the time you don't, you're looking at it differently. You're looking at it from your perspective. You don't really study your own player, but, um, he knows what routes he throws best. He knows, uh, you know, if he's, if he's getting pressure, where he's going to go with check downs and that type of thing, but all that stuff you can study yourself and you can pick it up on the fly. So uh, to be honest with you, it's you, you probably negate any kind of relationship or anything like that you may have had. Uh, so I was on, you know, as I, I, I was on three different teams and uh, when we played, when we would play the Raiders guys change so fast, you know, mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that, I would have liked to play with that guy. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he wasn't there when I was there. So it's a, it's a little different, but pretty much, you don't get as much out of it as you think you would. What about when you're playing divisional opponents? Because those are the teams that you right. see the most often. Yeah. And so and I used to keep, I used to keep files on all the teams, how they would try to attack us, what personnel was did and 
um, you know, different things like that. So I would carry that from year to year. And, and in the 12 years that I played, I, I kept things on, on everybody and pretty much they, they kind of stay the same. It's, you know, they're a little different how they get there, but they're, they're trying to attack the same things. So, um, divisional opponents, you know, there's, you have more familiarity with them. Mm-hmm. You, you understand the guy you're playing against. You're seeing him twice a year. Um, it's just one of those things that usually familiarity breeds contempt. You know, you just don't really like the guy across me, a little bastard. You want to choke him. Yeah, it's we so haven't bad. seen that at all. <laughs> yeah. Didn't come up at all last week. Yeah, that happens. It's kind of, I actually like the divisional game better. Yeah. You know, it's just because there is that familiarity and guys do get to know you get to know each other a little bit and you're playing against each other more often. So and over the course of years, like like Cam Hayward right now, he's playing, you know, he knows he knows his team inside now. Mm-hmm. He's played him his whole career. So, yeah, there's you have your own different game plan. It changes up a little bit because of the familiarity. And so I know when we played guys they would know some of the little tricks you try to use sometimes and how you counter things. And so you got to be on your game. Right. You want to add a couple different wrinkles to try to keep everybody on their toes and not ex- no, expect everything. Yeah. It's hard. Wrinkles are hard because most of the time you don't have to use them. Mm-hmm. Like you might have maybe two counters. That's what I, I had two counters to things that would happen and, and you play a guy and he gets to know you. And then pretty soon he's like, Hey, don't try this next time. <laughs> you know, he's already thinking ahead for you. So, you, yeah. I mean, you played a, a long time, very successful, multiple Super Bowls. How have you enjoyed the broadcasting side of it? Cause you've done that for a while now too. Yeah. Interestingly, um, I never thought about this at all. Uh, Coach Madden's the one who got me in this mm. and, um, and in the beginning, when I just started it, I would say, I'd say this to coach all the time. Uh, I would say, what are we doing doing this? Like, you don't do anything. You just talk. You, you don't affect anything. You don't help anybody. You don't change anything. You just talk. And at the end of the game, you didn't win. You didn't lose. You didn't. What are we doing here? <laughs> and john john one time he listened to me and he goes yeah yeah matt yeah you can't think like that no because if you think like that then what we're doing is meaningless and i went yeah uh-huh <laughs> and so i thought about it for a while and then that's why i took the job in detroit i wanted to i wanted to have i wanted to help somebody i wanted to make a difference sure and of course we we just freaking crashed and burned and I sucked at that job and that was fun. You mean and you then, shot. So that, yeah. And you have to. You can't not take the chance, right? Yeah. yeah. So what I, I probably should have coached, gotten involved that way, but whatever. I'm a fat old man and says, what are you gonna do? Well, you're <laughs> educating the fans and you're helping me yeah. out. So we appreciate it. Yeah, okay. I guess that's a uh, check in the one column. Anyway. There you go. And what are you <laughs> looking forward to most about Sunday's matchup? Oh, I, I just, so every game, regardless of what the matchup looks like, 
every game, in every single game, whether it's a college game or a or a NFL Super Bowl, there's going to be a part of that game that just fascinating. Maybe something you haven't seen, uh, and as as long as you can document it and relay it to the the people, and I think <clears throat> that's the plus you look for now, because every every game, even if it's a lousy matchup, there's there are still good players, there are good plays that are made. And you want to highlight all that stuff. And so in a game like this, there'll be some good stuff that goes on and we'll find it. And so that's what we'll bring to the people at home. I love it. We're looking forward to a good matchup, listening to you on the call. I appreciate the insight and joining me today on this podcast. (laughs) All right, Aaron. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Don't forget to tune in to our pregame show Sunday at 11 a.m. on NewOrleansSaints.com or across our social media platforms. We'll have the latest news on the matchup, who will be in and out officially for the game. We'll also be back post-game with sound from head coach Dennis Allen and players. Thanks for listening, and go Saints! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.